welcome to the first episode of the Pedal Pod. I'm Rick, and so the podcast is going to be generally Flower City Union and Nisa specific. Um, as it's the first episode, a little about me. Uh, I write online on Twitter on San Dimas 1988, and we're a part of the Valiant 33 network, so all my match reports are up on their website and tweeted out from them. Um, I also have a second account, Rhino's Archive, because I like to do shit about a team that's been dead for years, and I was tweeting out things that nobody cared about, and now I just <laughs> fact-check all the rage on his daily information. And what yeah. about you? Who's our other host? Yeah, so I'm, I'm Bryce. I'm the other host. Uh, uh, I also contribute every once in a while to Valiant 33. Uh you might have seen me in the the post game interviews, uh, but yeah, I've been a RNYFC, you know, Rochester Rhino fan for a, a number of years. Uh, you know, Flower City the last like year or so. Um, you know, and just trying to fill the the goal of this podcast is to try to fill the fill the void of uh, you know soccer coverage. Try to get this you know more people aware about what's going on um in, in rochester for pro soccer yeah last last year i i supported rnyfc as well and weirdly i didn't even know that flower city union was a professional team i don't think they did a great job of getting that out there i'd heard the name but i just thought that they were an amateur one because we have more than enough yeah. amateur teams in the city and i just didn't even know so i never even gave them a chance yeah so now they're the best we got. That's the only the only show in town for for example. And this uh, this the show has uh, been getting better this in the second season. Um, so they're fresh off of a, a win uh, against the Maryland Bobcats, two nothing, uh, in front of a record crowd as well. Um, so now they're in up in seventh place, uh, record of four wins, eight losses, zero draws. Uh, so yeah, Rick, what was your kind of initial thoughts of the of the match? Well, for one, I mean, you mentioned their record. You can't look at their record and not realize just how good they've been playing. Last year, what was it? Two, maybe three wins, I think, in the league. And one of them was to a team that disbanded. And now it's three wins in the last four in the league. You add in the Nice Independent Cup. This is by far the best they have ever played. Maryland, I think Maryland comes into this season looking like they're going to be them in Chattanooga at the top. And, I mean, granted, they've not been playing great, but I don't think Maryland really troubled Flower City at all this week. Uh, there was a couple shots by, and now I'm drawing a blank. Um, Darwin Espinal. Darwin Espinal. But, I mean, he sent the one just skyrocketing over yeah. the net, one or two. And I don't think they've ever really had that much trouble this week. That's possibly the best performance they've ever had. I mean, they they definitely beat Savannah by a wider margin. But mm -hmm. this was, to me, the best they've looked because they weren't troubled by a good team, a very good team. Yeah, and, uh, you know, part of the... Um, you know, reason we talked about Espinal ha did have you know two good chances. He, but I think put both of them above the the, the crossbar. Um, 
but he was largely uh, kept in check. Uh, you know, this game uh, was marked by a, a new man um, on the the right side. Um, I don't know if I, I don't want to steal your thunder there, but uh, oh, I was just gonna say that that's one thing that we have done well even in our two losses is he's one of the top players in the league and they have largely negated any presence from him. Even when we lost, I think. Yeah. He did have that beautiful goal, uh, off of a free kick in the previous match in Rochester. Um, but there was no easy wide open shots for him. Uh, he had to work for every opportunity. Um, and that's something that Steven Elias, uh, was kind of, uh, charged with, uh, and, you know, um, compared to the first two games where you played in the midfield, he played, um, right back in this match. Um, so that's, I, I think he was good going forwards. I mean, especially in that open cup match where he scored two goals. He's the only one for the team who's scored two goals in an open cup match. But I think, in the league, moving him back is definitely seeming to work. Um, yeah. Especially this this match. Yeah, definitely. He can still go forward, but putting him back as a defender more is really playing to both his strengths. Yeah, and that's a position. Uh, he, he came in as a right back or center back um, where he played mostly for uh, Michigan last year. You know, the, the Nisa champions, he played those positions for him um, in the playoffs. So I think that's more of his natural position. And uh, it, it's something that he uh, he, he excels in, right? He, he was very good uh, marking um, Espinal, I think, when especially when you compare the first two games against uh, Maryland. Yeah. Espinal definitely had less chances um, yeah, that, than, so- than normal recap that that first game one nil the one that we actually went to shit leather it it wasn't we we just had nothing going forward we've Mm -hmm. i feel like even when flower city union has lost they've not really been defeated by that much they've always had more of a solid defense to me um it's just until this point in the season they now what they have 10 goals in the last five games yeah. they had no for the for the start they just couldn't get any offense going and that first michigan game they lost one nil the second one it was three nil right three nil three one and it should have it the the three was harsh it was because it was two off a of set pieces and or no it was Two off of set pieces or like there's a miscommunication with the goalkeeper. It just didn't didn't go our way that day. And we've been much better and they're playing much better. And to do it against Michigan just that's shows that we can make the a playoff spot. Do you think that that's in our uh our- yes, I, I think against Maryland we uh I think just getting result against a team towards the top a team that we've lost to twice um is something that can be uh you know great for you know the the guys in the the locker room and then uh you know the the staff around and uh hopefully it'll get the you know fans excited there's been a lot of uh 
positive uh, buzz. I think this is the most I've heard people talk about Flower City. Uh, There was was an article that a lot of people talk about in the Rochester subreddit about the last game, which I've never seen anyone outside of our small groups of people talking about them. Yep. And, uh, but yeah, and I, I think, you know, the, the second game against, uh, Maryland was hard to, hard to judge, you know, they, uh, had a bunch of backups in because of injuries, um, you know, but, uh, you know, it's something that, uh, it's, it's good to see the offense starting to turn around. You said, you know, 10 goals in five games, you know, they didn't score until, you know, May 27th against the professional side. Um, which actually might sound longer than it actually was. Um, well, yeah, there was <laughs> there was what two two games within. Uh, that was f- there was five games. Months. Yeah, so there was five games that drought. Uh, kind of. So, like in the same the same thing, right? They in five games they scored ten. Uh, you know the last five games, and then the beginning of the season, the first five they scored zero. So uh, it just kind of I think that is like the number uh, that is uh, you know exciting is that. Diacate is not up alone anymore like he was at the beginning of the season. Uh, Coach Jordan Sullivan made some good changes. Um, you know, I know uh, you've been taught, you talked about him before, but uh, Malik Stewart, he has really kind of unlocked the, this uh, offense uh, with him on the wing and then, uh, you know, Luke Ferrer on the other side. Until Until recently, I didn't, I didn't think all that much about Malik Stewart. That's that's not to say like his play wasn't that good or anything. It was just I didn't think about him. He was just someone who was there. And now these last few games, he's been a standout. Like he's made his presence known and he's down along that wing. And it's working really well with the fact that Ali Diakate didn't have a great start. He was the second leading goal scorer in the league and we just mm-hmm. didn't score any goals. And now Malik's coming along and he's scoring goals and he's also playing along that wing and sending things into Diakate right in the middle. And he's now scoring goals. It's just, it's it. So it was the first, first game of the year that, went to and I talked to Jordan Sullivan outside of it. And he said that they, or it was the second game, the first away game. And they said that he, they lost the game because they hadn't really been gelling as players. And now they're gelling as teammates as of that second game. And that's, I think the thing that's really come a long way is they're playing as teammates and you can actually see that now they're not just a group of players. Yeah, um, there's a lot more um, assists or like even assist opportunities. Um, they're they've gotten a lot more um, cohesive on the press. That's something that uh, you know they pressed a lot um, and still do press a lot. It's just something that works a little bit better now that there's more communication. You know they they are practicing. You know all all the time. Um, you know which which sounds like a given in a professional league, but we'll get into that later. Uh, you know, it's not always the case. Yeah. Uh, another person mentioned Oscar Sanchez. I think he's definitely come along recently. He's it's more of a like central midfielder. Would you agree? 
Yeah, he's definitely a midfielder. Yeah, he's so he's playing in the center of midfield, and a lot of the passing is going through him. I do think he has some issues. Maybe it's like one extra touch or just tries to do a little too much and then loses the ball, but he's doing a great job and getting a lot better. And all the play just seems to be going through him a lot of the time. And he's, he's someone who works his ass off. And I, it's great to see that this past week was the first time he actually finally got an assist. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he was happy about that. I saw him post on social media and I think he's done a great job. And the fact that he only has one assist is kind of a little low. Yeah, I, I would agree. He, um, he's something. So we, we've talked about this, this, ten, this five game stretch, right? Where they've scored 10 goals in uh in the five games. And I mean, one was a four to two loss where, yeah. so we scored two goals, but we were also, we're, we were behind the eight ball. We were down by too much, but we actually did a great job of making a game of it. But yes, continue. Yeah. Thank you. Um, but he's actually started every um, match. He's played the full 90, all those matches. Um, so he's he's getting in. He's staying in. Um, and, you know, he uh, really, it's kind of, uh, you know, he ever since he's, he kind of took the the mantle of that position. They've started to to play a lot better, um, you know, and like you said, the offense is going going through him in a lot of regards. He's getting the the ball from the center backs, and then he's he's the one uh, getting it to you know uh, the wings or Diacate, and then yep. um, you know it's it's just good to good to see. Also, he's always he's always there being vocal as well and not in a annoying way where I'm worried that he's going to get carded with the ref, but I think he's making his presence known as like being outspoken and like trying to be forceful, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. He's got, he's a high energy player. Yeah. Um, I think he's pretty similar to uh, um, Elias, how Elias played in the, in the, in the, you know, uh, midfield, uh, but he's a, probably a little bit um, better. Um, you know, Elias is a better defender, so I think this as as a team move makes more sense. Yep, that little change worked out. Yeah. Um, um, another so, one, another one to talk about, Luke Ferreira. Um, I mm-hmm. feel like this Maryland game was kind of a disappointment for Luke. Um, not that he played bad or anything. But he has, he's been a standout recently in our little streak. And I just, I don't, I didn't see anything from him that was, like, I thought when we were, we were certainly being the better team. And I just expected that, like, oh, he would be up there with a shot on goal or something like that. And, or the corner kicks, we didn't do He's he's great at corner kicks, and we did short corners, so he didn't get a chance to excel at that. Um, did you find him to be at all? I mean, disappointing sounds like he had a poor performance, but I just no, I just disappointing that I I thought he would be a, a standout. I think it's a he. You know, I think he's what the second on the team in goals right now. 
probably um, behind Diacate, if I remember correctly. Diacate okay. has four, um, and yeah, Luke Ferreira has three. Um, so I think, and he has also three assists. So it's not like he's not, yeah. uh, you know, being yeah, a part of the disappointing. I don't mean it in a bad, <laughs> and I mean, it in a way that it's disappointing that he wasn't on the score sheet, not that okay. he played poorly. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think, you know, teams are actually like having the game plan for him a lot more, uh, where at the beginning of the season, uh, everybody was focused around Diacate. Um, every time he would touch the ball, they would just swarm him. Yep. Um, and now that's not something that they do because they have to worry about Luke Ferreira on the wing. Uh, you have to worry about uh, Malik Stewart or Malik, depending on who you are. I just had to throw that in for for uh, editor there. Uh, but you know you have other people to worry about, uh, and you know he uh, he gave he gave them some issues, right? Uh, oh, yeah. You know he he, he almost had game by any means. Yeah, he did have a shot. Um, that it was actually a pretty good ch- chance. He just wasn't able to finish. Um, towards in the in the, in the second half. Um, and you know he. Uh, so I wouldn't say it was it was disappointing. I just think you know he uh, didn't do as good as the last game or the I, game before that where he he had a brace. So yeah, and I I think I, I say disappointing because we had that one game where he scored a goal. And he also had that other corner kick that he sent it to Diacate for, which we both consider the best goal we've ever seen scored in person. Yeah, so, against Gold Star. Yeah. Um, so it's like he didn't have a standout play like that. So it's disappointing, which it doesn't mean it's a bad play. Yeah. Um, but no, I think overall the team is playing better. Um it is no longer, it's not painful to watch this team like it was last year. Uh, no disrespect intended to the teams involved, you know, to the players and staff. Um, but, you know, it's, it was a probably, I'm, I'm not the historian like you on, on, you know, Rochester soccer, but it had to be probably the worst, uh, you know, pro season in soccer in, in Rochester. I mean, uh, history yeah, pretty but- much. It, it really depends. Uh, if you go in Rhinos 2013, they is the only season they didn't make the playoffs. They had six wins, though, so that's better than yes. they did. Six the wins, o- <laughs> about eight draws, but they still didn't have enough. But So I, I mentioned that I wasn't a Flower City Union fan last year because I didn't know that they were professional. I tried to go back. And like, I have all the games, I'll watch them and catch up. I made it three games. I'm like, whew, God, it, it was, it was hard to watch. So yeah. cheers to the fans that created the supporter section last year and the ones that came back this year and it's finally paying off for them. Yeah. This, this team is exciting to watch. Yeah. Um, um, you know, they, you have players, um, you know, one one we haven't even talked about, uh, who who had a you know great pass, uh, in the, on Saturday, uh, Matt Bulduck, right? He he is an exciting player to watch as well, um, and so there's just a lot of talent, and this talent is finally, uh, I think figured out how to play with each other, um, in in a way that you know you're gonna win some 
some soccer matches. Uh, yeah. So speaking of figuring out how to play, there's what about nine or ten games left, something like that. Currently, Flower City Union's on twelve points in seventh place. Sixth place is Club de Leon, but they won't. They played two more, and they're only five points off. So if they can, if we can win twice, I mean, we're over them and we're even on games. But the big thing is, we play them in one of our next games. Play, um, sorry, play who? Uh, Club de Leon, Wednesday, August 16th. Yes, the so, next home game. Yeah, the next home game is coming up, and that'll be a six-point game, and that determines where we sit for the playoffs. Um, granted, there's still about seven, eight more games after that, but we could actually sneak our way into the playoffs spot. They've lost three in a row. They mm-hmm. They're sitting on... Minus 10 goal difference. We've only got minus four. We have definitely come along. Uh, by the way, Savannah minus 25. But it's <laughs> that I, I predicted at the beginning of the year that there were enough teams worse than us that we would make a playoff spot. And now I'm predicting that we'll still make that playoff spot, but it's because we're a team that's good enough. If that makes sense. I've switched how I feel to us sneaking into us being good enough to be in. Yeah. Um, and part of that climb is before, before club de Leon, uh, you know, who has lost their last three, uh, FCU is on the road to face gold star, um, Detroit, um, and they have uh, picked up only four points in their last five matches. Yeah. Um, and they've actually lost uh, their winless in their last four. Um, and so they're right behind FCU in eighth. So it's really some big games coming up uh, kind of on the schedule. Uh, you know, Flower um, City also has a couple games in hand against Club de Leon. Um, two games currently. They, you know, Club de Leon just played this week. They lost three one to Albion, um, and so uh, that's kind of the 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 other uh, loss that they're coming off of. Yeah. So we were talking about players we like and how everyone's doing. Uh, you want to talk about the players who have disappeared? Yes. First up, first up we got Dylan Ruiz who. I feel like he wasn't that well known, but from what I'd heard, he was going to be great. And we, so unless I'm, unless I'm mistaken, he had issues with immigration papers to play here and it took a while to get him signed. Yes. So Dylan Ruiz, uh, for those of you who are not Robert Wesleyan, uh, university soccer fans, uh, he is from, uh, first of all, he's from Mexico City. Uh, and so he, he spent five years at Roberts Wesleyan. He's their all-time uh, leading scorer um, and, and first in points, 66 goals, 25 assists in 76 games. Um, Roberts Wesleyan's a D2 school just outside of Rochester. Um, and, yeah, so they finally got him, uh, you know, his uh, approved to play. 
Uh, and he made one appearance. He actually had um, an assist against, uh, you know, Savannah. Uh, and, you know, in about 30 minutes of game time, um, then, you know, we haven't really seen him since. So he is actually um, out with an ankle injury. Um, they believe it's going to be a uh, season ender, unfortunately, for um, Ruiz, who, you know, was in his pr- first professional season. Um, you know, very, uh, um, he's still young though. So he, hopefully, you know, we wish him a, a speedy recovery, but it looks like he might not be coming back. Yeah, it's too bad because I know they were, they were high on him and they had, they had been talking about like, oh, we got, we got this guy and we just can't get the approval to play him. So they've been, they've been trying for a while for this guy. And then he barely comes on and then gets hurt. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's the game sometimes. Another person struggling with injury, uh, Michael Cunningham, one of the few returners from, uh, or survivors, should we say, from the last year. Um, he's been away from the team, uh, you know, since he's been hurt. Uh, what do you got about him? What, where, where has he been recently? Former Rochester Lancer. Michael Cunningham, uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, well, for one, he's another um, Roberts Wesleyan person. And he's the one who played... So weird thing. He played for the Lancers, and he commented on my jacket and was like, wow, how the hell did you get that 2011 one? Which nobody but me cares about. The fact <laughs> that he commented on my jacket, and I don't know why I just went on that tangent. <laughs> um, Yeah, but he's... He's been hurt, and I hear he's been somewhere interesting. Uh, well, as I've been told, um, quote, AWOL. And where does social media put him? Hmm. I actually don't remember. You're the one who knows that. You don't remember? Um, I think it has something to do with... Uh, uh, this might get a little messy. Ah, it's that jogs your memory. Uh, yeah, he was, he was down to see... Uh, Inner Miami, so one of the Inner Miami games. Um, you know, he is actually somewhat of a soccer celebrity in in the states and the United States. Yeah, what's uh, up with that? Well, he's got a he's got his his YouTube is it's a big uh, like football training YouTube. Uh, oh, I see. I didn't know that when I when I saw the the fact that he was down there and had, it had like tens of thousands of likes. I was very like shocked i'm like what the hell is going on like this random guy from the lancers and flower city union i did not know that at all yeah yeah he's uh i mean let me pull it up i want to make sure you know the the couple people that are listening uh you know check him out but it's seven mlc on on uh, youtube he, he's verified uh 1.48 million subs oh subscribers uh, so, okay, so that uh, makes sense. I yeah. did not realize that at all. He's been going, um, you know, going strong. Uh, you know, he, he makes a lot of training videos and they do very well. So, uh, you know, but he, I, from what I understand is not match fit. Um, yeah. Or ever since he been, has been injured, he has not like, uh, he was on a, on the bench, I believe for, one of the last home games, uh, it would have been 
um, or maybe the maybe the independent. I think he was on the bench for the independent cup. Maybe uh, I don't know. I I feel like my problem is the fact that I was told he was quote a wall, which yes, which which is uh, I mean even still like if you're injured, just tell them you're going away. But the fact you just disappeared, that's a bit weird. Yeah. Um. And I the thing I. The thing that, you know, stands out to me about that is, um, you know, he is he got injured. Right. And he, he is 32 years old. He's not, um, you know, like Dylan Ruiz, who he's fresh out of college. Um, and so there, the question has to be is whether he's going to be, um, you know, trying to stay as a professional, uh, you know, soccer player when he has those other options available. Uh, I you know, like, I feel like at this point, probably not like you don't. At, at that age, if you have an injury, you don't just disappear and plan on going back. I feel like he's just like, eh, it's the end. Like, why bother? Or at least. Yeah. But he was, yeah, that... he was playing good this season. Uh, yeah. It's a disappointment. Yeah, he's played um on the wings and up front. So he uh, hasn't appeared in a game since May 14th. Uh, against. Against. Maryland Bobcats, just not the, uh, the most recent game. That would be May thirteenth. Okay, well, then I'm I'm, I'm staring at my twenty twenty three schedule on my wall. There are a lot of errors on it, but it is May thirteenth because May fourteenth was a Sunday. There you go. You are right. Blame um, transfer market. Oh, transfer market's always off by one day. I learned that when I was researching Rochester Rhino stats. Gotcha. The things you learn on this pedal pod. We're about 30 minutes in. Uh, Again, we are part of the Valiant 33 network. Um, First, you know, if you made it this far, thank you. Uh, We'll hopefully, you know, keep it uh, not too long. We got got one more player to talk about. One more player. Austin Kranick. This yes. This is all you, man. You. I, yes. So, this guy, he started some games for um, Flower City last year. He actually wasn't set to return, and then he appeared on the roster and on the bench for two games. Uh, he was actually there. You know, we, you could see him on the bench. Uh, so, he's not, you know, no Barnes Homer here. Uh, but he appears to have left the team. Uh, he's no longer on the team's roster on, you know, flowercity.com or flowercityunion.com. Sorry. Um, and so it looks like he um, is, is gone. Uh, you know, he's a midfielder. Um, so, and I, we didn't talk about about Ruiz and Cunningham both play um, more attacking roles. So Ruiz is a forward and Cunningham plays like on the wings generally. Um, and so, uh, I guess one question, you know, we're talking about the people who aren't here. Are you worried about the depth of this team at all? That's that is something that worries me, especially because they have injuries. Um, we we missed out. Elias had he's had three knee injuries in his career. Uh, he missed the game recently. They thought that game was going to be or that knee injury was possibly going to be season ending. And thankfully it was only that one game. Um, yeah. Our goalkeeping 
I don't think we have depth there, and I'll keep at that. Um, our defending, I think we've been pretty solid. Thankfully, we haven't. Our forwards haven't really been tested with injuries, but uh, Logan Lee, I think, came came on later, and he's been a good addition to the forwards, and he's been subbed in and out, so. I mean, he's credited as a midfielder, but so hopefully he adds some depth to midfielder forwards. But I do think, um, especially, well, the Nice Independent Cup especially shows that we have some issues with how well our second stringers at least play. So as of depth, if we get into an injury situation, it'll be a problem. Yep. Um, Thankfully, we haven't really tested it one at a time, and thankfully, it hasn't been all that bad. Yeah. um, You know, it's hard to to trust the Nisa slash Flower City website for the roster. I mean, they have uh, Freddie Apoku as a defender, um, and I think he played like left wing back for like 10 minutes one game uh that is true so um but yeah you know so you you have him he's actually been out with an injury um so he's uh working he's almost back uh i believe it was lower body injury i can't remember what um you know so uh i think you know forward i my, my two positions that i'm worried about is uh if diacate goes down who replaces him uh, the the only person that comes to mind would be uh, Matt Bulldog. You put him up front. They did that for, I think, one match. Uh, and then goalkeeper, We there's only two on the roster. There's supposedly a, a random third, uh, allegedly, that they that is signed for emergency purposes. But uh, that player is never involved in, in the game day stuff. So, uh, they're, uh, the FCU, um, goalkeeping coach, uh, Marcelo Morea, uh, he, he, he helps out during, um, he'll, he'll go in between the posts. So maybe he's the, the uh, elusive third keeper. I would have more faith in him than I have in our current backup. Uh, our backup has played in a couple games, and I, I don't have faith in his ability. I mean, I I mean that in the best way. I, sorry, but he's one that I am critical of that I've not seen good things from. Yeah, I mean, he, I'll give him some credit. He did good against uh, Chattanooga in the first the first game. Uh, I thought he he only let up one goal. Fair enough. Okay, I did. I did not realize he was in that game. That game against a team that has not lost a single game this year. Mm-hmm. They they barely ever draw games. They what was it five nil against Savannah this week? Uh, the fact that we held yeah. them to one. That's yeah, and his first professional start as well. I um, I retract my statement. I did not realize that he was. Yeah. Uh, the starter in that one. Yeah, he started that game, uh, and then he started this second game of the the year um, in a three one 
uh, loss to LA Force in Salt City's first ever game uh, out in Auburn. Not to be confused. Yeah, that, you know. was, that was so, the first game we deserved to lose. Yes, we played terrible. Um, he let in three goals that game, and then uh, he let in three goals against uh, Upstate United FC, um, ah, yes. which is, uh, yes, and the Nisa Independent Cup, for those of you who don't know, uh, that the Upstate United is a team based out of Syracuse. They play in the UPSL Division One, which is actually the second division of uh the next tier down yes of of the unofficial fourth tier so it's the the second tier of the unofficial fourth tier so go Uh, one tier lower than professional and then they're the one tier lower than that yes they feed they feed into it um so they and the, the interesting thing is not to get too off off topic they actually didn't win the group uh, FCY New York did uh team out in Buffalo, but they were actually in the UPSL um, quarterfinals. And so they could not uh, make the game. They didn't change it around. So they um, opted out of the, the tournament despite winning the, the group um, by one point. So uh, upstate oh, United. So that's, that's why. Yeah, you know, it's uh, you know, they had to decide between you know the national playoffs, which uh, have if they won that, they ended up uh, losing, I think, in the the regional semis or something like that. Uh, you know, they would have uh, they would have qualified for the first round of the Open Cup. That's a new thing this year, uh, but you know, he. Uh, FCY just turned it down, uh, you know, and uh, the, the Open State, Cup is more important than the Nisa. Yes, yeah, the, the chance of an Open Cup. That's an automatic berth. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's, you know, a uh, lot more money on the line uh, than Absolutely. the Independent Cup. Okay, um, next thing I want to say, uh, we talked about it earlier, the fan numbers, how many fans were at the last game. What was it? 11, 12? Yeah, 11, 12. Yep. 11, 12. Okay. So looking at, I'm, I'm staring at the schedule right now. It's completely wrong because they printed it up. Who knows how long ago? (laughs) So we got this. um, All right. It was what inflated because it was RDSL, RDYSL night, the Rochester district youth soccer league night. They had a lot of kids there. Do you think, well, here's the issue. So the issue is the next two home games are on Wednesday nights. Um, Coming up next Wednesday, then a Wednesday or two after. We're not playing home again until, is it September? Um, So it's August 16th, August 30th. And then September 23rd is the next Saturday home game. Do you think kids had enough fun at that to bring fans back on one or two Wednesdays or literally almost two months? Oh, or is boy. Schedule killing us. Um, well, 
if they show up on September 23rd, they'll be extremely disappointed because that is actually in Auburn. It's an Auburn game. So, yes, first of all, the schedule is very... Yeah, September 30th will be the against Savannah Clovers. Um, which so should be another win, but it's she, almost two months after after our record attendance that we finally have another home weekend game. Yep. Do you, do, um, you think, do you think fans will come back? Do you think Pups at the Park night will work? Oh, is that Pups at the Park night? No, no, no. Uh, Pups at the Park is this coming Wednesday. Oh, that will work. Pups in the Park's going to work. According to the schedule, the next Wednesday after that is Ted Lasso night, which I've heard nothing about, but I, but they printed on their schedule. I have no idea what Ted Lasso night will be. Yeah. Um, well, you just got to believe, okay? Yeah. Uh, All right. So you think fans will come back? Um, I think some fans will come back. So I don't think there was uh, that many people. Uh, it was probably, I, my guess was 800. Um, which is still um, good. Um, I was told before the match that they had sold, or well, I guess, or given away. I they had sold over a thousand tickets. So, as for people that actually showed up, I mean that includes boxes and giveaways and season tickets. But I was told they had a thousand. So, yeah. eight hundred in seats. That's still good. Yeah, it's not not terrible. Better than anything they really had last year, oh, um, and it, an improvement uh, nonetheless. And uh, like we talked about at the the beginning of the the podcast, uh, you know there is there is a positive buzz. So it's just now the question is, um, a is are people going to know when they play, and b is are people going to be coming. You know, uh, you know, making the the trip up to to Rochester uh, at for a six p.m. game on a Wednesday. You know, it's a and that's the the next two games are you know Wednesdays. The next two home games are Wednesdays at six p.m. Uh, so you know, you, that's also something you got to consider um, whether you you know people are out of work um, by then. Uh, you know, that's you know. And I so like I think that will impact attendance. Uh, definitely. I feel like our next two games are going to have almost zero attendance. And then there will probably be a bump on the September 30th, but not what they're hoping. Although, yeah. so I will say September 30th, I am incredibly excited because it's, so there's a secret. Is it a secret or is it just people? I don't know. I, I missed the beginning part of the conversation. So you tell me if it's a secret. So their goal for September 30th is Rochester professional soccer history night. And they want to celebrate all the teams that have played professional soccer in Rochester over the years. That includes the Lancers. We, okay. We're going back to what uh, sixty-seven to whatever. I don't think they're going to quite before that to the Italian American Social Club because they weren't professional. So they're going Lancers. They're going Flash. They're going Rhinos. Okay. Uh, they also want to do the women's teams, but they want to get 
as many alumni as they can for all those teams to visit. Um, the coach of the the assistant coach of Flower City Union played on the Lancers and the Flash. So yeah. Nelson been, Capello. Yep, he's been tasked with talking to, finding, who knows what to try to get people from those teams to come. I hear mm-hmm. that they've been, they've talked to former Rhinos management to try to get some of them to come. And they haven't announced anything yet. I will say, I mentioned earlier that I have a thing, Rhinos Archive. I was asked before the season started to write a history of the Rhinos because they had planned this and they wanted. And then I wrote a little thing and then they sent me a form and it was a history of the Lancers and Rhinos and other things. I'm like, I only know Rhinos history. I cannot comment on any of this. So they've been planning this since March or April. So hopefully it comes through. I don't know. I don't, I don't see anyone traveling for this, but there are still a lot of rhinos in the area. There's probably an, a few Lancers in the area. I mean, Nelson knows a bunch and he mentioned that he knows that there's a few here. So I don't know whether it'll be a draw, but they do want to do something a few hours before the game. They want either on the party deck or over near the the end zone to have like a meet and greet and talk, hang out like a reunion for the players and a signing. So hopefully that would draw some older fans. Yes. I mean, last, last time they tried to draw younger fans. Hopefully that draws older fans. I mean, it's their, their incentives hopefully are, gonna work it's just weird with a was it 13 14 000 seat stadium it just will always look dead yeah and that's what uh you know that's the kind of the hard part where we are trying to guesstimate the attendance yeah um you know the the capacity is just so so large in the stadium that uh you know it's gonna look small uh pretty much or it's going to look empty pretty much all the time. There's over 13,000, almost 14,000 uh, seats in in the stadium. Um, and so, you know, that's if there's a, you know, a thousand, let, let's go with the, the 1,112. That's like less than 10% of the stadium being full, uh, you know. Um, and so, you know, that that is kind of a struggle, you know, going there, kind of seeing it so empty. Um, versus like, you know, RNYFC last year where uh, it could only sit like 1,400 people um, until they until the last couple of games yeah. and they added more seats. Uh, and so when you had 800 people there, it was pretty full. Um, and it's like, you know, it just, it just brings a little bit more excitement um, to the game. Uh, Did you listen to Knights Who Say Nisa podcast this week? Uh, I did. So I was the, disappointed the, that Dan Creel, uh, I hope he's feeling better. I mean, I would, you know, you'd feel, feel bad, bad too. Flower City Union. I would feel bad if I lost to Flower City Union too. 
Well, what so. I was going to say is the very first thing they mentioned about us is that we broke our attendance record. And then they mentioned, and it's a shame that they all sit on the same side as the camera because you look at the, the camera for the game and it looks like there's 14 people in the stadium. Yeah. I mean, that's the co- a common problem, though. Their their stadium struggles with that, too. Every, every um, stadium does. Yeah. Um, unless you're a perfect, you know, like, you know, MLS, you know, you're going to it's hard to to see how many people are truly there. Uh, you know, and actually the, the one thing I want to give them credit for about this, uh, this game is, uh, the camera work. So not that we could really, I was there, so I didn't get to enjoy it, but they had a real camera. It's the Um, camera that they used for the salt city games. Yep. So no more, uh, robo cam that can't zoom, uh, you know, where you see 95% of the, or about like 90% of the field, 10% of the awning, right? Uh, you know, so, uh, you know, it's something, it's good to see improvement, right? Not in just all, on the field, but off the field. In all fairness to that camera, that camera is not intended to stream games. That camera is made to record training or to make footage for reviewing for reviewing gameplay. It's not made to stream. Yeah. So the fact that it's terrible at streaming is not really its fault. Yeah. All right. Um, you want to go to rumor roundup? Oh, I like rumors. Actually, uh, one, one last thing. Um, 11 sports is no more. Um, Mm. Speaking of streaming, I feel like we've had issues with streaming and it's mostly either internet related or camera related. I don't feel like 11 Sports was a poor platform. I kind of liked 11 Sports. 11 Sports had all the all the games. I mean, really, they had all the games going back to last year, so I could save all of them. But they're now going to FIFA Plus, which I think it should be exactly the same. But I just hope we it's can plus. I just hope we can get the the exact same experience that we have from Eleven Sports. Um, meaning, I can watch a game, or if I miss a game, I can watch a replay. That's all I care about. I don't think you have anything else to add on that one i just uh i have something very quickly for uh for our our favorite platform 11 sports real quick so a moment of uh remembrance All right, thank you. Okay. Now we're going to go to Rumor Roundup. Um, First on my list, I want to say the quickest one because it's less a rumor and more of a given. Chattanooga next year going to MLS Next Pro. They gone. Chattanooga, 
by far the best team in the league. They have not lost yet. They Their crowds are far better than we'd expect in this league. Mm-hmm. Their, their fans are great. I had a great time visiting them, and I wish them the most success. And if RNYFC ever comes back, the only way they will get my money is when Chattanooga comes here, I will wear my Chattanooga scarf and i would go support the away team yeah um they're definitely too good for this league yes um they need a new challenge i would say uh you know a lot of their players are just completely uh you know dominant uh you know marcus Naglustad. yeah he's uh uh you know a man amongst uh boys out there you know he uh just can score uh, from anywhere. Uh, so did you did you see that this week he broke the CFC goal scoring record? Yeah, and good for him. He's a he's a great guy. He you know uh, back when we were getting started interviewing people, right? He was the I think first opposing player to uh, interview what? for us. Yeah, and here's a question for you that I learned on the CFC podcast: the who or how many? assist did the top CFC player assist to Nagelsad? Like from Nagelsad's goals, what's the most assist someone had of his I'm, whatever goal um record? Um I'm gonna say five. Only three. Only three, wow. Someone had three, someone had two, and it was like over twenty people with one. And, yeah, a, he, and a he creates his own shots. Yes. He is a fantastic player, and he's too good for this league, and I will not miss him. Good luck. Please go away because you're killing us. Yes, and another please go away, now that we're on the subject. Oh. I know some some podcasts might back away from this topic, uh, you know, but uh, we here at Pedal Pod will not be intimidated by long Twitter threads. Michigan oh, okay. stars. They're gone. They gone. I don't know where they're going, uh, but they gone. Uh, they're not coming back. Uh, and so, uh, you know, they're the defending Nisa champs, uh, you know, in playoff position uh, currently, uh, you know, it's so, you know, might be, uh, you know, they're one of the, the longer lasting clubs in uh and nisa you know they're fourth right now having another good season uh but they're they're set to rumored to leave uh as well just don't know the destination for them all right so a little background on this one so knights who say nisa podcast tweeted something out that said to our listeners two weeks ago, our podcast was threatened by a Nisa club owner for what we believe was fair coverage of his club at nights. We firmly believe that no one gets to silence the press, regardless of means or position because of the situation. We will not be covering the team in question, which seems to be a bit weird because we won't be silenced. And then there's silence. Thanks to the cup.us for retweeting this after they screen capped it because Knights Who Say Nisa deleted it. 
Now, the owner of Michigan Stars has a whole interesting story. And I'm going to get into it right now because I'm not going to be silenced. And nor am I going to not credit Taco with this one at Duchy of Taco. He has a whole article about this guy. And so let let us be clear that we are not saying he did these things. Um, this oh, is all I, alleged, you know. Um, alleged. I've, I've I've had this corroborated with two different sources, so I'm confident in saying that what Taco says, I believe, is true. Yes. About George Junkaj. So first of all. The fact that he owns Michigan City Stars, or no, Michigan, not Michigan City Stars, I'm combining two of them. Michigan Stars, his son went to Sweden, I believe it's Sweden, let's say, uh, somewhere in, no, Switzerland. Okay, so his son goes to Switzerland to play, and then comes back and wants to go to college. The college is like, nope, you played professionally. You cannot play here. So he instead goes to Detroit and tries out. And Detroit's like, okay, you're a good player and gives him a tryout. But what happens is George Shankaj is a horrible fucking person. And he's there, and he's berating people, and he's just a huge pain in the ass. So while his son could have actually made the team, they're like, we don't want to fucking deal with this. And they're like, nope, we're not signing you. So does he take this and leave? No, he instead buys Michigan Stars. So that's one thing about him. And now he's not only a pain in the ass about his son being a team and on his team and nepotism, he has also threatened fans of both his team and away teams. He's gone on the field. There are recordings of this after the game to threaten. I mean, this is the most high school thing ever to threaten away the away team with giving them swirlies. I mean, that's like, who, who does this? He's a grown man. He, his, his own fans were not a, well, we're not a fan of him. Sorry to use the word twice, but as they were leaving his stadium, one time he was threatening to fight fans of his own team. Um, I'm not going to get into politics, but I'm clearly not a fan of Donald Trump or any of that. But in the swing of the pandemic, guess who had a rally for Donald Trump Jr. unmasked and it was considered a super spreader event over Thanksgiving? It was him. And... Then he threatened Knights of St. Nisa with silencing them. It's kind of weird that they're not not commenting on it and that they're supposed to be promoting the the, the league. Like, 
giving coverage of the league is not giving coverage or like promoting the club. It sort of screwed Maryland that Maryland won and didn't get a second talked about at all. Mm. But I highly recommend anyone go read the Duchy of Taco, D-U-C-H-Y, his article called Nisa Cycle, The Fake in Romeo. Um, it'll give you some background, and it's just kind of weird that they're that he can threaten and people in this league will cede to him. Yeah. It is a little weird. Um, you know, maybe, you know, it has to do with financial reasons, you know. Um, yeah. But uh, the last bit I want to talk about him is that uh, he uh, allegedly purchased um, a stake in a side in... Uh, I think it's the Slovenian second tier, if I remember correctly, um, for the side called ND Gors Gors Oh my God, I don't speak this language. Um, Gorica, okay, uh, in the second tier, um, and his son then transferred there, so he is not on Michigan Stars right now. Uh, well, I. I, I will say his his son is good enough to have been on uh, Detroit and to have been on Michigan, but from what I've heard from more than one person, he was only not he was only not a player because because of his dad, who was a huge asshole and yeah. made it difficult. But so yeah, him going there, good for him. But that's what. Um, now we're gonna talk about. Uh, all right, we got we got two interesting ones. Um, first, let's go to the quicker one: National Soccer League. Um, so there's there's this thing called the National Soccer League, and they. You want to explain it, or you want me to? All right. Um, now, maybe I'm blanking on it. Not really. But can you tell me, what is Egypt famous for? Huh. I don't know. Those triangle-looking things, right? Oh, pyramids? Pyramids? Yeah. And what is it called when, you know, someone tries to, you know, recruit you to something... So if only if you pay money and then you're going to recruit people. It's uh, called the National Soccer League. Oh, OK. Uh, yeah. So that's basically uh, uh, multi-level marketing, right, is the, the, the new term. Um, but it is a theoretical soccer league um, that is set to sometime in the future take place with a bunch of dead uh, teams and uh, kind of uh, revive their brand um, in a league that is totally real and will definitely happen. Okay, so the totally dead teams we're talking about are, I'm, I'm 39 years old, we're talking about teams that are older than I am. We're, we're not talking about teams that died recently or ones that any fans have any nostalgia for. They're buying up 
generally just like old franchises, which that's go for it. But there are a few more issues. Can I? Yeah. Oh, can I? Quote do you one? want to talk? Yeah. Do you want to talk about those issues? Yeah. So in their post, they quote. Say goodbye to those pesky franchise fees. Our league is here to empower clubs, not burden them. You'll operate under a celebrated team banner driving both passion and profit. Worried about the nitty-gritty details? Fret not. We provide a turnkey solution for stadium operations, player sourcing, marketing, retail, and media production. All you have to do is bring your enthusiasm and watch your investment flourish. I mean, this all sounds pretty happy i just don't see any of it coming to fruition i think they're just buying dead franchise things and Mm -hmm. who knows what the hell happens now rick can you answer me this why would you be talking about a league that doesn't exist yet and on pedal pod a flower city union rochester soccer you know podcast I'm I'm going to shock you here, and I'm going to play devil's advocate on this one because I'm on the opposite side of this, the fence on this. So one of the comments on this post, which is a long post, and I only read part of it, is from Mark Washoe, who is the general manager of Flower City Union. And he said, hello, I'm a partner and current operator of Flower City Union Pro Soccer Club in Rochester, New York. Thank you. Okay. So that's not a great place or a great comment to make, but I'm going to play devil's advocate. I Hmm. don't see a problem with this. For one, he is not a, I mean, I want to say not a real employee. He's not a full-time employee. He's a contractor. He has a business. He does other things other than Flower City Union. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing in this post that is like, we want to get in business with you. I can, he may be, he may be interested in more information. He may be interested in working with them outside of Flower City Union and is just giving his credentials. I just think it's a weird way to post Put it. it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it could be. And also, um, he is, I guess, the acting general manager. Um, you know, FCU did lose Andrew Hoyt. Um, he stepped down in the middle of the season. And so, uh, you know, he is someone who stepped into that role um, for just the remainder of the year. Um, as far as we are aware, that's just a temporary role uh, currently. Sure. All right. And one more one more rumor. This one also comes from Dan Creel, and it's that Gold Star and uh, Club De Leon are uh, close to folding, not paying their players, things like that. Um, I will say that about a month or two ago, I'd heard about Gold Star, and one of their players was one of their very good players. I'd, I'd heard that we'd been in contact with him. He'd been talking about not being paid and was interested in coming to us because he heard that we were doing Paying better. Players. 
and our coaching staff was interested in him. Our ownership was interested in him. And I don't know what happened with that. I talked to one of the coaches and they're like, I don't know. So he just sort of disappeared. But I I had high hopes that we would bring in a player from that team about over a month ago. So I'd heard that they weren't paying their players even then. So mm-hmm. I feel like this rumor is true. Yeah, and the the other interesting thing, the one of the other uh, people they had on trial with the club, uh, you know, again about a month ago they didn't end up signing them. But guess do you, do you know what team that person was a part of? Uh, probably either Gold Star or CDL. Yeah, um, CDL. So uh, Club De Leon, right? You had um, so you had you know people. I don't know if that meant that you know. They just wanted more game time or something like that. Um, but, you know, both both of the people that they brought on for trot, you know, looked at were um, a member of both, you know, of, of these clubs. And then these are actually the next teams on the on the schedule. And we're sandwiched between the two in uh, in playoff uh, prediction or the, the current we're sandwiched in between them currently for the playoffs. So it's just one thing to keep in mind that if these teams do fold, uh, that's going to impact FCU season, but it's also uh, if they uh, both fold, there's probably not going to be a season because FCU or NISA will fall under the eight team requirement. There's currently nine teams. So um, hopefully, you know, these teams get it figured out. Um, you know, Syracuse had this problem last year. They were able to finish the season. Um, so it's not out of the question that a new owner can come in or, uh, you know, the, the league steps in. All right. So this sort of cut out for Bryce at the end. Um, I'm, I've lost his recording. It's a good thing that we were right at the end. Um, I don't know that I have anything else to talk about. The one thing I do want to comment on, um, so there's this women's team, the RDSL Lasers. They're an amateur Rochester team. I only found out about them last week, and I want to give them a shout-out. because. So I found out about them last week because they were in the National Amateur Soccer Cup. Um, just a, RDSL is Rochester District Soccer League, so they somehow made it from this local league into a national competition and they end up playing sec or placing second. Uh, there's actually four players from that Taylor Ash, Taylor and Myla Rutland and Amanda Wasatsky, maybe more, but I have trouble finding any information, but those four players were on flower city, 1872, but they placed second in the, that amateur cup, uh, yeah, they they were completely outplayed the first half, and then the second half they got back in it, but not good enough to come back. And I just wanted to give them a shout-out because it's not often that Rochester makes a national tournament. Well, we lost Bryce right at the end. Uh, I think it was internet issues, but I think that's about it. And thanks for listening to our first